USC was a great win for BYU. Time to focus on Washington and break in the top 25. For all the Ute fans that want to downplay the win, remember you have traditions in the Pac-12, and one of those traditions is to lose in the Coliseum to USC. Cougar fan Jeff right there using the open mic on our app. Sending us his take. You can do the same right now. 0-4 against the Trojans in the Coliseum. He's geared up to go for three in a row. Care to take a shot at the uh, Vegas odds for this one? The line for Washington at BYU? I'd probably say a touchdown, Washington. Well done. Washington by six and a half. Utes and Trojans? I'd probably go in three or four range. I'll go three and a half. And that's exactly it. Utah by three and a half. Your money. Makes sense. Your money. All right, let's go to the phones. 855-340-ZONE. Jacob, good morning. Good morning. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Jacob. So, do I think it's a little extra for BYU fans to storm the field? Yes. I've always thought that. However, as I was at the game and they went on that play, did I storm the field? Yes. It felt great to be a fan in that moment. Sure. Um, And so other teams do it. If it weren't an overtime game and we won by two touchdowns, probably people wouldn't storm the field. But as PK said, it's quite the moment to just rush. Also, shout out to the fans for getting out there so quickly. I don't think I've seen a storm the field happen that fast and fill up so much. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jake. But I think they were ready. This has been overdue because – I don't know that BYU football the last few years has gotten a lot of good news. And this was good news. This was the gospel. This was good news. You told me that's what the gospel means. (laughs) So, this was good news. Good pull. And because it was overtime, if they had won by two touchdowns, it wouldn't have been. But the, the emotional nature of the game led that to be. And they wanted to celebrate. What You're going to celebrate beating... Uh, Western Michigan and having some ESPN gal say, congratulations, Tigers. <laughs> you can celebrate that? Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Except for the complete and every pass part of that game. Yeah, and and they did move on the field because they have a stage, and but you don't storm the field. You just... It's a slow speed chase. You make <laughs> you make your way on the field. You more stroll onto the field rather than you, storm the field. Yeah, you certainly don't storm. You walk down there. They let you come down. I've been on the field for dozens of bowl games when the locals have won. Same thing with the Utes. You walk down there and and they do a little thing. And so, uh, what what were you going to storm? Because you couldn't storm in Wisconsin because you weren't there, right? And Arizona in yeah. Vegas, Arizona in Tucson. Yeah, they haven't played Arizona in Vegas yet. Uh, you you couldn't do it those times, and so the, to me, this was a joy in the moment, but also I think it was a releasing of frustration. Big name win against a big name team, and you're supposed to so many had these people 0-4 after the first four. Come on. We had the Utes 4-0, and we had BYU 0-4. We didn't, but other people did. The collective we is certainly way more numbers on the 0-4, 4-0 than anything. 
Yeah, but if they and we did it last year. Oh man, they said they're gonna they're gonna start one in five. We do it every year practically. We look at them, but they never go that. They sucked the two years ago. You got me there. They were awful. It was the worst program that they had. Worst team in 50 years. It's 50 years, yeah. So they got that. All right. I, I can't deny that. But other than that, I just don't see where BYU football has changed that much. We got to make all these They got to decide which path they're going to go. They've all long since decided which path they're going to go. Well, Bronco opened that back up, though, when he said independence isn't sustainable. So they are going to have to choose a path, but it's not the other than this one, apparently. But. It's not impossible in the meantime. I mean, they have won these games. That path will be teams. chosen for them. They won't choose it. If they get in, if they, they get, get into in. the Big 12, that will be chosen yeah. for them, yes. If it's, if it's offered, the answer will be yes. Thank you. But it's not like they de-emphasized the program. <clears throat> I don't think that's it at all. And they've got to schedule these big-name teams. or Because if you would have you beat New Mexico State last week. Oh, big deal. Why, why, why you got to do that? <laughs> well, because it's the team that came and pick a team. I don't care. Well, it's because who San Diego State beat this last week was New Mexico State. <laughs> Come on. Don't. But I'm with you. It I, was I, a who I still cares. forget that you're still a fan. It of was a who cares. I, I still forget that stuff. For me, it just doesn't matter. But for you, you're a fan. Um, yeah, whatever team you want. Chico State is my go-to team. There it is. And so you're not going to get anything on that. Herb Street is not going to talk about your game on Saturday morning. Unless you're playing SC. And they did talk about it. So that they have no choice but to go this way. And they're probably not going to win the majority of them. They never did. They never have. They never will. But they could still be a good team. And this whole idea, what are you playing for? It is so stupid. That is a dumb process of thought. And it must be eliminated. And I'm on a mission. Well, it's not going to work. To but have it. <laughs> it has to. They've, you're playing to win a football game. What is it? What is Arizona playing for? They beat Texas Tech. Are they going to win the conference? No. What are they playing for? To win football games. What's the difference? There's no freaking difference. None. Zero. Except BYU has a much better fan base than Arizona. That's the big difference. Well... So stop they're, with all this negative. Building towards they're something. hoping to build toward, <laughs> yeah, towards right. something. You're going to keep trying. I don't have any problem with that. And they're going to keep trying. Are they going to get there? Probably not. But you still keep trying. And they got football games. And in that moment, it came to me. Well, when I tweeted out, well, remember, this doesn't really matter because you've already lost a game. What are you playing for? Be freaking ass. Looking in the eyes of my fellow Cougar fans in the stands at the Ed, they were all into it. Everyone was standing up. It was a big-time atmosphere and a big-time game. The excitement was at the high levels, and it was a lot of fun for those people who identify themselves as BYU fans. And they let it all hang out afterward. And I say, more power to you. And now the crazy thing is you got to get up and try to do it again this week. But that's the nature of this sport here you got 12 of them and a few of them mean more and beating sc means, means more it just, it just it just absolutely does yeah it, it, there's no question it does and i don't care what level sc's at it doesn't matter it's about you there's a great win see if it could propel them to eight wins i picked them to go eight and four see if that's definitely, the case definitely in play now i think this washington game is going to be really hard 
probably after that, I'd right. We're going to Boise get, State every time they play a Power Five. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man! How the so, hell are they going to compete? Not so much. Oh my gosh, against Tennessee. Well, in the summer we had them zero four. So I mean, we can revise history all we want, but many people had them zero four or one and three. You got to admit that if you didn't Absolutely. have them zero four, you I had them one and three. I thought I thought one and three was in play. I didn't know if they'd be one and three or two and two. If they get to three and one, that's off the oh, charts. Like no way. Two people I had on the planet picked them two and two. Get out of town. It's either zero and four. Well, or you one had them at three. two and two because you you. It's I'm really hard to get to eight and four. I'm one. Just two people. Two and two. And I'm one of them. Who was the other one? <laughs> Just one. There's almost got to be somebody out there. I travel the path that has never been traveled before. I'm a maggot. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing so many storylines together. I can't. I'm overwhelmed. I can't even react. Which one? Saturday night, I was called a maggot. A maggot. Yep. Well, get off Twitter because that's that's Twitter for you. Have you ever been called a maggot on Twitter? Don't believe so. I was called a douche. I was a douche, but you. Were I've a also called that to your face. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> you were trying to get a laugh. <laughs> So it's a weird way to do it. At least, yes, I have done it on Twitter, but I've also done it to your face. So, I, and, and and I have my Twitter is my name. Legitimately, PK, this is the first time I've ever heard of a person being called a maggot. Yes, on Twitter, a maggot, a maggot. I was called a maggot. Like I don't have feelings. I'm not a human being. You had it right when you were staying off your Twitter notifications. Yeah, but I put them on for for game day. Yeah. Well, because. Now you've shown your hand and the people who want to... No, but I always do it on game day. Yeah. Know where to do it. I've... I've... I thought I made that known. I do it on game day. But a freaking maggot. Man. Your guy just tweeted at us. With that win now, his confidence meter on a scale of 1 to 1,000 has soared to 983. Very confident going into the Washington game. What? (laughs) 983. Yep. That's what he tweeted at us. Look at this. Meanwhile, oh, go ahead. A Ute fan, remember, you are a cut-rate hack, long since bereft of any ability or talent in talking ball or working for content. Just like the rest of us, welcome back to the bottom, maggot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yikes. Saying it doesn't make it so, but, you know, thanks for saying it. Utes. You, 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 Utes. One day I'll have to come clean on that Ute connection, but we'll don't do it. Let it go now. And then I walked in the stadium. I'm literally walking in. Guy comes up to me. Hey, PK, I love you. He said, "Now I know most BYU fans don't, but I do." (laughs) 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 This is a great win for the program. I couldn't be happier for Kalani. How do you not be happy for the guy? Pouring his heart and soul in it. He's one of the best human beings you're ever going to be around. And really all the guys for that matter. Tom Homo. All of them. All of them are. They're all good dudes. They're, they're trying their best in a difficult situation. And they've been rewarded. Another thrilling win. What was better than walking off the field after that? It's a short list. Oh, in the moment? In, yeah. In, in that sphere? Yeah. Very little. Absolutely very little. Back up the Tennessee win, double down, take down SC and OT. This is the essence of independence right here. 
You're you're playing SC on a Saturday afternoon on ABC at home on a glorious fall day or a late summer day. It's still pretty warm. And your team stays with it, stays with it, doesn't turn the ball over, is smart. Zach Wilson, a lot of improvement, making big plays. Talked to some of the coaches afterward. They told me, just, I'll leave out some words, but they're massive. And they love this kid. And that's why I love the kid, because they love the kid. To see him on TV, they had a great shot of him. I don't know if you saw him on the field or not. You were going to the USC locker room, so probably not, because he was going to the BYU locker room. But he was happy, but he wasn't off the charts bouncing around. I mean, he was smiling. He was, you know, hit some teammate on the shoulder pads or whatever, walking by, congratulating somebody. But pretty level. And for the coaches who preach don't high, don't get too high, don't get too low, I'll bet they love that. Because if, if there were ever a time <laughs> to be bouncing around and going nuts, you couldn't have blamed him for that. But it's pretty low-key going off. Uh, yeah. Savoring uh, it, but not off the charts celebrating it. Well, that's probably wise. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, joining us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone as they get ready for their conference opener at San Diego State. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Fresh off the upset of 24th-ranked USC, BYU will now host 22nd-ranked Washington. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Saturday at 1.30 on ABC. The Utes get USC now, Friday night at the Coliseum. That game's 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Waiting to hear the news on Drew Brees. He's seeing a hand specialist in L.A. today to determine the severity of the thumb injury he suffered in the loss to the Rams. He told receivers, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm hoping it's not too significant. Also waiting to hear about Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, who might require surgery after leaving the Steelers' loss to the Seahawks in the second quarter. He grabbed his throwing elbow after attempting at a pass and reportedly wants to avoid having the surgery if possible. Monday Night Football, it's Cleveland and the New York Jets tonight at 6.15 on ESPN. You can listen to the game right here on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save at Diamond Airport Parking. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's a football <laughs> Friday. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington. So we're playing Cal Berkeley. I mean, we're just kicking their, their butt. Right there you now. go. Good. Good, <laughs> good, good check swing. That was well, good. Well, yeah, I cleaned up my language. <laughs> yeah, nobody believes that, Coach, but good job. <laughs> so then they said, okay, Ronnie Veal, you're up. Okay. Yeah. Goes in and throws a pick, right? Oh, Lloyd, you got to dump that. that I'd rather rather you say the first word than that one. You just made this declaration to to the radio world. You sound like Scotty describing what's on our table. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you threw a pick. Yeah, Yeah, very much better. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK and Utah State football coach Gary Anderson joining us. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? 
Good. How do you spend a Saturday during a bye week? Are you sitting there watching film of uh, future opponents? Are you sitting there watching bonus film of high school recruits? Are you peeking at your buddies in the coaching profession and their big games and seeing what's going on? Uh, watch some football. Actually, I spent a lot of time Saturday down at the, the house in Salt Lake, kind of, you know, doing a little yard work and things, things I like to do, and kind of did the same thing yesterday morning and then come, came into work. But uh, watch some football, took care of some things around the house, and uh, it's a good weekend. Hung out with the grandkids, so po- all positive things. It was a good week of football. Yeah, so now you got the conference starting, and you, you'll interrupt it later on. But for now, uh, the conference games, and, and you know, each one of these things are so huge. Especially, you know, you want to get off to the right start, and it's like you're in the same boat, like uh, you know, with the Utes playing a big name in your conference. How do you get the guys emotionally ready, but make sure that it's not overly emotionally ready? Because this is big if you get it, but you still have seven more. In the case of the Pac-12, you've got eight more. Yeah, um, I I agree with exactly what you're saying as far as making sure that the kids understand it. It is a conference game. Um, we need to understand the importance of the conference games. We talk about them all year long, but not also putting too much on it to say you know the it's the first conference game. I don't want them to react like. Uh, Oh, it's the first game of the year again. Uh, we've played a couple games. We know who we are. We know what we're about. We have a better feeling of who we are. And um, it's 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 always a little bit more when you're playing those conference games because that uh, meaningful thing that you're fighting for at the end, that which we're all fighting for, is a championship. And uh, you know you have to win those conference games. And uh, a very competitive conference this year. Every win is uh, is a huge one. So, uh, you know, it'll be business as usual, but hopefully they'll have a little more edge to them. Um, and, and I think these, this group of kids will. They came here this morning and, and were very excited about, uh, you know, getting back and watching this last game that San Diego State played. How much can you learn from that? Because they're playing New Mexico State, and, you know, I, I hear you. You and Kyle and Kalani have talked together so much, and now you've all got your separate press conferences, but you say a lot of the same stuff. And you all say things like, well, we want to make them one-dimensional because then they're much easier to defend. Well, it's Rocky Long, and he's over there waving, hey, we're one-dimensional, we're just going to run it, and yet it works for him. So how much do you learn when they decide to run all night against New Mexico State? Well, you know, they've, they've definitely um, adjusted philosophies. I wouldn't say change, but they've adjusted philosophies within – their offense, first snap of the year against Weber State, they were an empty um, and definitely wanted to hang more in 11 personnel with three wide receivers, one back, and that's a that's a pretty major departure for San Diego State of the past. You know, last year their their main groups were uh, two tight ends on the uh, at least on the field, and, and oftentimes more. Um, uh, with uh, two tight ends and two backs on the field for a lot of what they did a year ago. So they've, they've adjusted towards that a little bit. I think they've got to know the personality of the team, the dimension of their team, understanding where they're going. Uh, Rocky is a great uh, defensive coordinator, had great success as a head coach. i got a ton of respect for him way back to the New Mexico days. And uh, they're going to do what's best for their football team. I think that's what they've done. You know, They ran the ball very successfully uh, in their, in their two-back stuff and um, you know, it's not really a true fullback. It's number 82 back there, and he's a fullback slash tight end, so they can even be more diverse with him in the game. So I think they've found their personality. If they want to run the football, play action pass, yes, get into some three wide receivers on the field, but we want to smash you. We want to wear you out. And in the fourth quarter, we want to overwhelm you, and our defense is going to be very aggressive, take some chances, and we'll make uh, big plays on that side of the ball and, and give the ball to our offense in a good position, which happened in this last game. You know, first play of the game, there's a fumble in the Mexico 
State fumbles it. It's first and ten, or excuse me, first and goal on the two-yard line. Uh, San Diego State scores, and then they get another time they got the ball um, about the 20-yard line going in, um, and their defense set them up again for another score. So uh, that's their recipe for success. Hasn't changed much respect. You know, Brady Hoke's there. they got good coaches on that staff. Horton is the offensive coordinator. So uh, they know what they're doing. They're experienced guys. So in league play, you know, you basically, to some exceptions with the crossovers now with the, with the divisions, but you're basically playing the bulk of your schedule. You're playing these teams every year, and there's all sorts of familiarity. You were in it years ago, then you got out of it. Now you're back in it again. Is it more of a challenge to reacquaint yourself with these teams that are on Utah State schedule every year since you hadn't played them a number of years when you were doing the other stuff? Yeah, it's different it's a, to go back. and I, I really try to study that along with the coordinators and, and the rest of the coaches during the summer and uh, take a look and see, you know, Air Force. Everybody just says Air Force is Air Force. Well, you know, Air Force, they're not just Air Force anymore. They used to be. They're much more much more offense. Um, yes, it bases on the triple option, and they want to still do those things, but they've got a lot of offense that they have, and um, which you could have seen in that last game when they played last week. And Nevada is much different than they used to be. They still want to have some pistol influence in those things, but it's still different from Coach Alt back in the day. And um, So, yes, it's. Uh, I think we've reacquainted ourselves with this league uh, um, with those teams from the old days back in the WAC and uh, the teams that weren't in the WAC at that point and, um, you know, tried to uh, understand who we are, who's Wyoming now. Um, so, yeah, that education has gone on, but now obviously you focus more on it week by week when you're in the season. How are you going to handle the uh, running back spot going forward with Jalen Warren and Gerald Bright? It seems like you can get production out of both guys. It looks to me like you'll split it, but probably more Warren than Bright, but maybe you'll level it out 50-50. Where's that headed? Well, I think it just really depends on the game. When opportunities knock, they've both taken advantage of it. And, you know, Jalen's hit a couple big runs um, and uh, has done a nice job hitting the creases. And, you know, the big one he had last week was, uh, <clears throat> let's see, well, DJ, you probably wouldn't have made it. PCAM saying you get right to about the five-yard line before you get caught. So, that, I mean, that was that was a big, big old hole that he hit the nice crease there and did. That's a great job by Jalen. But the offensive line and tight ends did a tremendous job on that play. So they're both going to be uh, starting backs for us in my mind, and we need them both to be starting backs. I think both those kids envision it in their mind that they, uh, you know, they're going to get their opportunities, and it's uh, it's not really a starting running back. It's uh, our two starting running backs, and we feel very good about that at this point. Wait, I'm not clear. I would have scored. I no, would not have no, scored. You're no, I think you would have got caught a little yeah. bit sooner. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Follow Tell him about the foot race in Denver. Tell him. Oh, I let him win one time. Oh, <laughs> that's that. Hey, that's <laughs> all I can go is by what I what I really think. So I just I'm sorry to be truthful. But so be as I night. pulled away but, from him, he stopped running. Yeah. So I stopped. Then he tried a sneak attack to run, and I blew away and just pulled away from him again. At which point he yelled. Help! Police! Stop! That man has my wallet! <laughs> and about 500 decibels on a main drag in Denver. I had to stop now, before what some would guy happen, What me. would happen if we had to add a change of direction, a quick, sudden change of direction into that movement? Uh, I'd have blown my Achilles. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. that's. I uh, feel the same way. Yes. And that's the way it's running no sharp, backs no have to do. Direction. You're right. It's not just a, it's not a race. I mean, you, No, no, no. I'm very Herschel Walker. You're Power, speed, involved. no change of direction. So, I, I understand all that. You know, what I remember when Bronco became the head coach. You know, when he was an assistant coach, obviously he was ahead. Of, he was in charge of the defense, and he was always worried about uh, 
statistics. I remember one year when they went down to the Coliseum in the offseason, we held SC to the fewest total yards they had all season, and it was like a feather in his cap. Then they lost the game, obviously, but when they came, when became the head coach, he said, I don't, I don't really care about that. I just care about whether we won or lost. <laughs> and that's, that's the only thing that matters. All these other things, uh, they don't matter as much. Is, is that your mindset as the head coach versus being an assistant coach to take big picture to make sure that the team is doing everything it can to win the game and not necessarily get caught up in little individual things along the way? Oh, I think that's a big that's a big part of it. Um, and I, I always try to really honestly feel like that, even as a coordinator. And, and you still want to look at the numbers as you go through time. And, uh, you know, after two weeks, numbers don't really mean anything. Um, it's when you get into enough of a uh, enough snaps out there to, to justify, you know, getting some real numbers that are quality. But you want to look at yourself and see, you know, are you are you really playing within the personality of your team? If you see yourself as a as a smash mouth running team or a physical team or you want to be 50-50 run to throw, you know, what's dictating those numbers to be up or down in a good way or a bad way? What's your yards per carry? You know, what's, uh, what's your yards per pass attempt, which is the biggest thing to me. It's not ter- per completions, it's per pass attempt because that's what moves the chains. I think those things are important on offense and defense to study and look at those things at the end. Yes, it is the final score, but there is something. The numbers can help you play within the who, what is the personality of that team that year because it does change. One year you may have the what you foresee as a great defense, and you may see an offense that has to you know go on the field and grind it out a little bit more that doesn't have the dynamic playmakers, and it may flip-flop the next year. You may be able to change games on special teams uh, in a positive way for you. So I think you need to look at it all. Um, as, as a head coach, and uh, you know, I always tried to look at it all as, a, as an assistant coach, too, to be able to at least help the team win. But, uh, yes, winning is the most important thing, but I, some of those, those numbers, I don't study them week in and week out. Like I, I don't sit there and say, oh, my goodness, we need to be in the, you know, the top two in our league on offense or defense. Uh, that, that, what matters is are we scoring enough points to win? Are we converting those third downs? Are we playing within the personality of our offense, within the personality of our defense? That's what I look for in the numbers. I'm curious how much coaches interact during the year. Obviously, you know Jay Hill, and obviously the Jay Hill's Weber State Wildcats played San Diego State a couple weeks ago. And obviously Kalani and BYU playing at the end of the year. Is Jay telling you stuff? Are you and Jay going to be talking to Kalani? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, there's always those those communication pieces. Uh, it just depends on you know the relationship, and uh, there's there's some interesting spots to that. Yeah, if you have common opponent, you're going to sit back, and if there's familiarity within the scheme, and, and talk possibly personnel, and kind of get a you know a feel of what the team is that uh, that they competed against, who you've only seen on team, uh, excuse me, on film. Um, and then there's the times when you know people play against each other. This week, I mean, Coach Chad is obviously a very close friend of mine, and so is Kalani and Eliza, and hired those guys back when an A Rod. I mean, those that's it's, it's not it's not a lot of fun to sit back and watch that game, in my opinion, when you have staff that are battling out in that situation with the scenarios that the that, that they're in in those in those big games. So um, those are harder conversations to have on one side, fun to have on the other. But uh, we do talk scheme as needed when when we think it can help. I think some coaches are more into that than others. He's Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach. He joins us every week. Uh, good luck this week. We'll be watching the game. Intrigued to see how this plays out, Gary. Yeah, should be a, a very competitive football game. Great Mount West game. Good luck, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Go Aggies.
Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you were money on the BYU and Utah point spreads earlier in the show. You want to take a shot at Utah State and San Diego State? Yeah, I certainly think you got to go San Diego State because the ball game's down there for sure. So I would say four and a half. Uh, Utah State by three and a half. Oh, wow. San Diego State hadn't played anybody, I think, because I was a little surprised when I saw it too. Yeah, but they've only played Wake Forest. Right, I know. So we're dealing with a real small sample size. Very small sample size, yeah. How about that? San Diego State hasn't played anybody, and they went in the Rose Rose Bowl. Bowl and beat UCLA for the first time ever, which me and my (laughs) fandom I totally enjoyed. But UCLA's just a wreck right now. That's what I'm saying. How about that, though? Just awful. And by the way, now you got me saying a guessing. You've been so good on the spreads. I'm wondering if I read it backwards and I'm looking it up again. Nope. Utah State by three and a half. So there it is on the road. You know, I watched a fair amount of that game. Then when it became obvious who was going to pl- uh, who was going to win, I changed. See, I wonder if actually one of the yeah. things that's influencing this is the Weber State game because they say they haven't played anybody. Now we look at Weber State and think Jay Hill does a good job, but it's a Big Sky team and you're playing down a level and you're supposed to win. And it was six to nothing. So I wonder I mean, if that's really influenced the line. They did, but they didn't. They kicked two field goals. I mean, it didn't. It was not an impressive win. You should have. I think as a as a good Mountain West team, you're supposed to do better than that, even against a good. Top end Big Sky team. Oh, but what does that matter? To the gamblers, level of intensity in the game. Uh, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, and it's the opener, and those are unpredictable. And I get all of that. But I just think, as a gambler looking for an edge, you're looking at two Mountain West schools. They're supposed to be pretty good. Neither picked to win their division, but they're still supposed to be pretty good. They both picked second. And they had a Big Sky team at home, and the offense only got two feet. But I think there's a big difference between a bad Big Sky team and a good Big Sky team. Yeah, that's a gap. I'd agree. And I think it's a significant gap because I think what you're going to find in that gap is that the good Big Sky team has a number of D1 players for whatever reason. Yeah, right. And so... And I get it. A six to nothing. It's not, wow, man. And it goes back to what you said, that if later in the year it wouldn't matter so much, but they're dealing with so little information right now. Stony Brook doesn't tell you anything. New Mexico State doesn't tell you much. Devils are ranked, and they were uh, on defense uh, with a five-point lead in uh, the fourth quarter. Against Sac State. Against Sac State. Yeah. So, you know, what's the complexion of the team? You know, if you look at it and you're not a high-flying team, so maybe it's a little misleading. And then you look at that particular game that I referenced, and they had a TD called back and a fumble at the one-inch line. But nevertheless, we look at scores. I, I still think this is a great win if the Aggies – either way, actually, whoever gets the win. It's a good it, win. It's, yeah. it, it, it is, yeah, because those are quality football teams you're playing. And – I'm not caught up in what happened before or their names. All I know is those teams have won. They've sent guys to the NFL regularly. I mean, what more do you want? And then you look at, but I get your statement. They haven't played anybody. That's just the level of UC Los Angeles patheticness is disgraceful. (laughs) Well, you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pathetic and disgraceful. I like it. You know, you always get on me because so often I go with the brand names. So often in college football, that will tell you what's going to happen. But UCLA has lost 12 out of the last 15 games. I mean, they are just all sorts of messed up right now. But Chip Kelly was a great hire and Herm was a bum. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Herm doing what he is doing is more predictable, despite all the hubbub and losing the press conference, than Chip Kelly. 
What are you saying? I'm not sure. I, what I'm saying. saying okay. So everyone says Herm is a bum, and you're over there saying I'll bet he goes to 500 because ASU always does. I can sign on off of that way quicker than Chip Kelly. Everyone's praising him. I'm not sure it's going to work at UCLA. And I'm like, well, it's easier for me to say Herm getting to 500 than just to see Chip Kelly going three and 12. Chip okay, Kelly, okay, okay. UCLA's problems are more surprising than Arizona State's successes. All right. I thought ASU would be 2-1 and one right now. They're 3-0. and oh. That was a nice win at Michigan State. Go on the road and playing. How many freshmen were they playing? They played 28 freshmen. Wow. That bodes well for the future. Because you could easily go on the road, get intimidated, get bullied, have something go wrong, get rattled. They didn't do it. Get them now, Utes. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Going to throw. Zips it. Pass is tipped. There it is, the play of the game, the final play, the third and final pick in overtime that ices BYU's win. Know it today, 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, who really sucked this weekend, PK? He's been one of the best for a long, long time, but when I saw him miss not one but two extra points, I thought, I'm going to have to nominate Adam Vinatieri. This guy sucks. I think that's actually Vinatieri's son. (laughs) It's been that long now? Yeah, it's not not Adam himself. Should we just nominate all of the Miami Dolphins? I was going to nominate Fitzpatrick for his three picks, but if you saw the picks, one of them, a receiver juggled like three times before he batted it to a Patriot who turned it into a pick six. (laughs) It was brutal performance by the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, but they're doing what the Sixers and what others have done, and so I'm just acting like it's outrageous. But I wonder why they just don't go with Rosen, though. Fitzpatrick, didn't he start like eight for eight teams? Isn't it a record? Him, Something like him that, yeah. and McCown both they, played for eight teams now. They, they pulled him, and they pulled him pretty early. Rosen actually played a fair chunk. I can look it up. I mean, I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Uh, Rosen ended up being 7 of 18 for 97 yards with a pick of his own. Yeah, I don't know that the uh, future, what it holds for him either. Is, right. he, is he going to be good? Thought he was going to be good, but he's still very young. Start improving quickly before they draft the, another quarterback. The Cardinals did what they did and going with Kyler Murray, who looked okay yeah. for his only his second start against Baltimore, which is a decent team on the road. Want to go for the refereeing crews that messed up the end of ASU Michigan State or the end of Wake Forest in North Carolina? Bad calls with a game on the line. You just you have to play through that stuff. Well, you can't because it ends the game. 
Plus, I get your point, and it's not the first call they butchered. Don't have 12 guys on the, the field, field when you kick the field goal. Yep. Come on. There's that. So you can whine about refereeing all you want, but play through it. You, seems like the teams that win play through, whatever it might be. I mean, uh, jumping over the thing, yeah, he did do that. It had no bearing on anything, uh, on the, and the Sun Devil kid who jumped over it. Um, it really had no effect on the game. So you're hoping for some technicality. Yep, they were. And they might have missed the next field goal, and they might have lost in overtime. So there's still all those what-ifs out there. Devils would have got the ball and marched 80 yards for the winning score in OT. Anybody you would like to nominate? 80 yards. That's funny. I I, I hate to do this. But! I think we're going to start looking Eli Manning's way. Yeah. This guy sucks. (laughs) He's 38 years old. It's been a good ride. Your team isn't good. You drafted, what did they take, Jones 6th? Was somewhere in that range? Sixth, exactly. Is it, yeah, is it? And they're they're clamoring for him. And quarterbacks, you know, you're going to struggle if you're young. But it seems like that's what they do. They don't sit guys anymore. The days of Brett Favre sitting for three years seems outrageous. Yeah. So thinking, Eli, you won your two Super Bowls. You're from the first family of quarterbacks. You're only two. How many more losses before you're officially out of it? Right. It seemed like it was the Cowboys and the Eagles in that division with Washington and New York just kind of on their way to 6-10 and 10 or whatever. That does seem how like it's starting out. It's the NFL. It's a long season. Maybe something dramatic will happen. But and he gets a couple more weeks and then they pull him. I don't think he's a great all-timer. But when you, you've been the quarterback for there for a long time and you've won two, two Super Bowls, much like Roethlisberger, there's a certain level of dignity there and a level of achievement. And so you hate to see it just end miserably. And it looks like that's the way it's going. It's going to end miserably. Everything ends poorly, otherwise it wouldn't end. Brady, it's not ending. Keeps going. Well, it's not going poorly either. (laughs) They just won 43 to nothing after winning 33 to 3. Yeah, I mean, you got Elway. He wasn't the same when he left, and his older brother Peyton wasn't the same, although they were winning. Uh, The team around them was winning. And speaking of not winning, man, should we give it to Chip Kelly too? I was wondering if we should pile on at this point. I mean, the fact that they were going to get blown out by Oklahoma seemed like a foregone conclusion, and then it happened. Jalen Hurts. Wow, man. This guy is something else. So one of two things happen in here, maybe three. Uh, one, he gets, instead of Nick Saban, who wants to ground and pound like, like Kyle, and then you throw it occasionally, he's at a place now where they got receivers and they got a scheme, and it's really showing off what he's capable of. Or maybe he could have been this if he'd been allowed to play late in his career in Alabama. We just saw him early in his career, and like a lot of kids, hey, from his freshman to his senior year, uh, he's improved. And he's just a better quarterback now than he was. Well, he's sensational. I know. <laughs> it's off the charts. It's incredible. Or maybe it's a little bit of what you say about the grad transfer. He's focused in a way he's never been. This is the shot. It's the scheme. It's the receivers. There's no excuses. And he's coming in knowing what he wants and knowing he had to hit the ground running. And he's done it. But he knew the stakes when he moved. And so it's a little bit of the getting better as, as you get older, but it's also a lot of 
He is a hyper-focused. He's a, he's a college vet now, and he knows what he wants. There's no messing around. Certainly not, and I think Lincoln Riley knows how to develop quarterbacks. Some guys do. You know, you look at Andy Reid, always seemed to have a good quarterback. And uh, in some cases, an all-time quarterback. That Looks it, like he's got one right now. Oh, my right. gosh, Mahomes. That was spectacular. So if you've done it a number of different places, going back to when he was a coordinator, I think it's a combination. But Hurts, really, man, he's he's picking up where Kyler Murray left off last year to where I got to watch this team. I got to watch this guy because it's so much fun. I don't think they're going to keep giving the Heisman Trophy to the same position at the same school, but maybe they are the way he's going. I mean, I don't care, but if he does it the way, the level he's doing it, certainly. I don't think that anybody, right now, in my mind, he's the clear, clear front runner for the numbers and the way he's been putting them up and the ability to move and run. I mean, he's looking like, uh, uh, what's the guy's, uh, Lamar Jackson at uh, Baltimore. He's looking better than that. I realize it's two different levels, uh, but it's amazing. It just came out uh, that Drew Brees is going to be out at least minimum six weeks so will we finally see that dude who catches a pass and we go ape crap over it? Taysom Hill! <laughs> Start Taysom Hill! They, Teddy Bridgewater got all the... He got all the run. I know. He got all the... Well, got I always thought he was yesterday. the backup. Yeah. I mean, Hill is a one-of-a-kind athlete, but is in the NFL starting quarterback. Well, he hasn't been. I would love to see him get his, get his chance. Although, if I were him, you know, and I get you want, it, you want to do the best you can, but I'd be perfectly content in my role. Because I, I look so good in my role? Well, when you're the starting quarterback at BYU, you keep getting hurt. Yeah. And so in the NFL, if you're hurt, repeatedly hurt, they cast you aside. Next. And now you can be this folk hero here. Teddy Bridgewater, 17 of 30 for 165 yards. We just had Gary Anderson on saying, I, I really want to know about the pass per attempt. Well, five and a half yards per attempt isn't very good. Wouldn't be surprised if Taysom gets a hill. Uh, Taysom Hill gets a chance. Unless, Taysom Chance gets a hill? Unless Bridgewater suddenly starts playing a lot better. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. 9 o'clock hour coming up. Cougar fans, we can open the phone lines next, give you a chance to react to the win. How sweet was that? It was so sweet. Sweeter than fill in the blank. How'd you celebrate? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.